This is... Wow! What a week. What a week. Politrix. Welcome back to another edition of Hashtag Politrix with Butsan Muilwa. He didn't just arrive at the scheduled call time. He was actually here a little early. This proved that he wasn't driven here by the same people who delivered the CADA deployment records to the DA. In general, though, we'll wait for him anyway, as many of you do every week. And welcome back to Botsang Mudimuame Muilwa. Botsang. Hey, Brother Fresh. Uh, good morning and good morning to the followers, subscribers and viewers. Welcome. Uh, thank you, thank you. Very late. Uh, they made it on time. No, I think they delivered like an hourish late. How, how, how late were they? Well, look, the, the, the courts are reasonable, you sure. know, but they, they delivered on the day, they the day accepted. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You're looking dapper as always, who are you wearing? Ah, thanks, thanks, thanks for the fresh. <laughs> One of my friends. Okay. Yeah. So where can we support Hashtag them? Hashtag Buzang Buzang, you know, like I said, whoever wants the shirt that I'm wearing on the show, they must sure. call me on our number, yeah. the, 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 the business number, and can make it tailor-made for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Lamar at the clothing for uh, having me looking like a comrade. Yeah, no, you, you, Lamar, they, 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 he makes, or she makes very nice clothes. No, Lamar, he's, he's bad news. I love him. He makes tailor-made clothes. So look out for Lamar Lueto clothing on social media. We have an election date, finally. Yes, Brother Flash, uh, after so much speculations. Yes. And the slip of a tongue of the Deputy President Paul Marshatili. Uh, 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 before that, but yeah, we have a date, which is a, which is a very good thing. Yes, sir. Uh, the the horse races are now up, and and you know the race is on. Okay, so we have a date, but it, it hasn't been made official by the president. Meaning the electoral the the the, the voters roll. Yeah, he hasn't proclaimed it yet. Yes. So the yes. voters roll is still open. The voters roll is still open. So right. there's an opportunity to still register. To still register to still change and correct until the, the, the president uh, proclaims the date of the election. They just announced it, the yes. presidency. So there's a proclamation. Proclamation in simple terms is to put it in the government gazette. Sure. For, for you know, the public to can see it officially. It's, a, it's, a, it's an administrative prescriptive. But once it's gazetted or it's proclaimed, then, then the voter uh, registration role will be closed. The reason we're bringing this up is there's still an opportunity for you to register to vote if you're not registered, especially if you're a first-time voter. Please don't sleep on this opportunity. Until there's a proclamation, there's that window for you to slip onto the voters' roll. Please use it. Exactly. And also, people should note that they don't have to look for voting stations. They're the yeah. normal physical voting stations, which the IEC has all over the country, they will still receive people. Yes. Uh, but the people can still do it online. Like sure. you go to IEC headquarters or IEC regional offices or local offices, they can still do that or do it online. So people must go and register. This is a very important election for the nation. 30 years into democracy, hmm. we're going to be voting the seventh administration in to power and the president has announced political parties are happy so Julia's tweeting is happy and many others yeah mm. uh, but in, in in the middle of you know announcing this uh, voter registration i mean voter uh, election day something very interesting crossed my mind that uh, did the government or the presidency or the IEC itself put a blind ear or, or, or eye mm. On, on the recommendation and suggestion of one of the leading experts in 
elections in the world, not only in South African Africa. Yes. Because he had said, and I went to apply my mind fresh, why in Tatetzelani was saying maybe the government should consider postponing the election up to July at least. Mm. There's two elements. One, uh, uh, that I didn't agree with. July is in the middle of winter. So sure. people may be lazy to wake up and go, you know, in winter. July is the coldest month that we have. Uh, but the second part, his reasoning and that it's a line was the country is going into a totally, completely different, more complex election process mm. whereby we have up to three ballot papers whereby now there's more political parties, almost triples the number of other political parties. But there's a new element as well. There's independent uh, uh, candidates, which we are all not used to. We are not so, exposed to that. Uh, so his suggestion was based on that experience to say, maybe we should use this 90-day period that the Constitution allows from the, the last elections or the announcement. There's a 90-day grace period. Mm. He was suggesting that it should be used for voter education okay. because his fear was that we may have a lot of errors you know and spoiled ballots and people not knowing what to do but we know that political parties have been putting a pressure on the president they, i don't think political parties put pressure on the president to announce when they just wanted a date so that they can plan properly they didn't say do it in may or do it soon they just said you know the sooner you announce the date the better but yeah the date is out the horses are out so according to Bratiritzelani, um, as you said, those are the reasons he said maybe just push the election out by 90 days. Do you agree? Don't you agree? Well, you know, in hindsight, uh, uh, I think if we, we want to maximize uh, the people who vote and for people to do the right thing. Uh, for example, fresh first-time voters, people like me who hardly vote, who, uh, or even people who have voted before, will now be stuck with three ballot papers. And, and there's, there's regulations of how you should be voting. And there's also regulations for candidates, independent candidates, mm. to what they can contest for and what they cannot contest for. I, I don't think the nation is familiar with those things and those processes. I don't think there was enough voter education regarding independent candidates. Uh, they may know as candidates themselves there's, there's hiccups and challenges, but look, it's a teething process. They always say when there's a new baby, you know, there's calling, there's teething and all that. But uh, the date is out. And I, 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 would, have, I would have agreed more with Dr. Uh, Teritzelani to say we should have taken into consideration and expert advice on that matter. But, but also, I, I think the president was under pressure. You know, the, the first party to respond to us was the DA actually laughed. They said it's good the president announced the election date. It gives ANC uh, deployees in government to can start picking their bags, you know, uh, well in advance so that they can vacate the positions. But yeah, uh, we are in for the election year. Let's talk about party manifestos and party funding because, you know, there's, you know, everyone is now coming up and saying, listen, uh, vote for me because this is what I offer, this is what I don't offer. Well, fresh. Uh, let me start with manifestos. The, 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 the EFF and some other parties, they set the ball running. Uh, almost seven political parties have had the you know, election manifesto up. The ANC one is on this weekend that we are into, and, and, and some other parties. And like I said, there is not, because there's not much policy differences between many political parties in South Africa. Uh, if I look, I can reduce South African political parties if I have to group them. I can group them into four. 
you know, the, the center parties, the center right, the far right, like the Freedom Front Plus, mm. and then the center left, like, like the EFF, I regard the EFF and other center left, and then the far right, like parties like the PAC, ASAPO, and so forth. And if you could group them, you can end up with four political parties because their manifestos, they talk the same language, they mm. talk the same thing. That's, that's one element. They didn't say much difference from each other. You could see it's power mongering and power struggle. Everybody wants to be in power. Mm-hmm. If I read the, the manifesto of uh, 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 Cope, of uh, uh, Sarah, of, you know, Rise South Africa, Bossa, Action SA, they, they talk the same thing and align more to the DA. If you read the manifesto of the EFF, BLF, Azapo, PAC, they talk along the same lines. Mm. And then the ANC come with all other parties like Inkata Freedom Party and the ACDP. So they talk the same language. It's not much for us as a nation to, to, to receive from that. But having said that, then comes the funding, which actually supports what I'm saying. Before you talk about the funding, though, does having all these options and choices truly deepen democracy or does it, to a certain extent, weaken it? In my opinion, I think it weakens democracy. A, a lot of people will say democracy means people must be free to choose what they want and to do what they want. But it weakens the process of democracy because they, you don't have, for example, a very strong opposition and very strong parliament sure. uh, 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 with very strong views, united views. You are going to be sitting with, uh, we are having almost... Uh, 10, 12 parties in parliament they will be sitting probably with 20, 30 parties in parliament. It weakens democracy because job doesn't get done because mm. people are opposing each other. At the moment we, suck, we survived because the ANC has used, if not abused, its majority mm. presence in parliament. But once we have many parties and there's no outright majority you will see that democracy becomes weak. Laws don't get passed. Sure. Jobs don't get done. And, and I think in my view, having these too many political parties, it weakens democracy. But our democracy is also a very strange one. You know, in South Africa, we have a democracy where we accept almost everything under the sun. Everything that people can go to the constitutional court and say, it is my democratic right to demand this from fresh. Mm. If it is win within the constitutional right, the, the, it, it gets granted. So, that's one element. But I was going back to, to the funding. Mm. Even if you look at these manifestos, you must now check the funders of these manifestos. Mm. It is normally the same people. You understand? Uh, you know, this week it was a wake-up call for me when when uh, a friend of mine with the uh, Shubera or Tugera Institute in KZN interviewed uh, the leader of, of uh, Rise South Africa. And looking at it fresh, you find that, hell, a shock for me. The open IMAs are funding the party with millions. Mm. And, and where is the, which group uh, 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 party? Are they funding just one party? No, 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 no. They are funding almost all the partners, okay. especially the center and the center-right parties, mm. the DA, the ANC, and, and, and many other parties, uh, BOSA, Action SA, and, and uh, 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 what is the other party they are funding? So there, there's many uh, that the organizers are funding, but if you look at also the funders, South Africa is becoming like, you know, we, we are really playing into global politics. We're becoming like the U.S., whereby the the owners of the monies and the industrialists and the capitalists are controlling political parties. The same people that are funding political parties, they are, they are, they are rotating them. Mm. You understand? So, it's the same people every year. The same people that funded 
And that is really Ramaphosa. What, what do we call the sealed bank statements and the CR17 records? They are now a little bit uh, unhappy with him, so they are moving their money somewhere. Uh, we do have a policy in this country for uh, political party funding disclosures, but it should be worrying that we're becoming like the, the Rockefellers and the, the, the Rothschilds families who are funding political parties all over the world. And we have the same situation. And, and when you look at the South African situation as well, the so-called Stellenbosch uh, boys or Stellenbosch mafias, mm. they also belong to part of the, 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 the Rothschilds. And then you have others who are coming up funding the, the Mazotis of this world who are funding the EFF and friends of the EFF and others who have now become children of the Rockefellers. But you saw... We are, we are caught up into that political web where money determines who is going to rule in South Africa and how they are going to rule. Mm. And, and you remember in the past I've said white capital and owners of land and minerals in South Africa and business people, especially uh, the so-called foreign direct investors, they are going to determine who is going to rule South Africa and how is that person going to rule South Africa. Mm. And we have, we have seen it very clear under that the Ramaphosa's administration, the sixth administration, that the allegations that were there to say billions, almost two billion used to put him, he was used to put him into power and he came from white capital, which is something they never denied, by the way. They just sealed the records. They are not happy with him and they want him out or they want to dilute him mm. at a moment, you know. Mm. Taking him out or taking the ANC out is, is literally impossible, but they want to dilute and weaken the ANC so that they can go into a coalition government with the new political parties that they are funding. Are they trying to weaken the ANC or are they trying to strengthen democracy by making sure that everyone can compete as fairly as is possible? Fraj, what is fair, and, and I, I'll, I'll respond to you in asking, what is fair when, when me and you, we don't start the race on an equal footing? Mm. There's, there's no fair. And then equal footing in this, I'm talking about the man. If, if the Oppenheimers are giving Rise Mzanz or Rise SA uh, uh, 1.5 and they give ANC 100 million, what is mm. fair about that? Yes, they may argue that ANC is only, there's numbers. But if you want equality, you are supposed to aid mm. the small one to come and be at par with the one that, that that's equality mm. in this instance i don't think i don't think they're strengthening democracy i think they are weakening democracy so that those who are in charge of the administration of the country should be dependent on those who fund them and and that's the situation we are sitting at absolutely absolutely so let's move to cater deployment the da obviously got the the, the records the records is and but the DA said we're going to court to argue that cater deployment in itself is unconstitutional. Yeah, and that was thrown out. Yes. Uh, first, first we, we laughed at the beginning of the show that the the AC, we were worried if they will deliver. By the way, they will mm. issue the records, but they delivered them in last minute. They know that contempt of constitutional court means you go to jail. Yeah, there's a precedent that's been set, and I don't think uh, uh, Alula is willing what, to go <laughs> and carry that cross alone. Yeah, but but they they delivered the records. You know you know what what I said about these records, fresh. Yeah, uh, I, I it's I was wondering first. Why did the GA want them from only 2013? What about the old ones? Why specifically 2013? I haven't got to the new class. And I, let me appeal to our viewers that there must be a comment on the show to say 
why did the GA, maybe some GA members can highlight to us. What about the ones before 2013? Maybe they're looking at the so-called the wasted years and, and the height of the so-called state capture as investigated by the Zona Commission. Or, or when Rabakosa became the chairperson exactly. of the deployment committee. So you can see the target is the president. Mm. It's not the ANC. Why not records when when uh, Ntatem Beki was the president of Motlanto, even Mandela? Uh, but anyway, they received the records. Uh, I don't know what is in those records. And I, I, I make a speculation last week and said, if I was the ANC, I will just cook them and give them whatever is at hand. They were happy that they received them on time. And, and they never questioned. By the way, this is also interesting. I didn't see anything from the DA that questioned the validity of the records. Of the records. I didn't see that. So probably those records existed and they were there because the DA didn't say, no, they are fake or something is missing. They just rushed to the court in less than a week, uh, in the previous on Wednesday, and uh, High Court threw the matter out uh, with costs uh, to, because the DA, uh, for our viewers and followers, the DA went to court. Somebody would ask, why did they go to court if they had the, mm. the, 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 the documents on time? They wanted the court to declare the ANC policy. They were not questioning the records themselves. Sure. They were questioning the ANC policy to say it is unconstitutional. It is against the constitution. Is it unconstitutional? And which party would not deploy the people they trust the most into any strategic position? Well, I, that's what politics is. I, 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 I think GA is playing double standards and they are playing something that they know very well that it's what's happening in politics. And without taking their side, their argument is, which I don't buy, by the way, I don't think the ANC deployment policy is unconstitutional. Let me, let me, let me clarify that. I don't think personally it's unconstitutional. It's common practices done all over the world. But the GA says it is unconstitutional because it goes to an extent of even deploying public administrators, like mm. the CEOs of entities, the DGs, you know, normal public servants sure. and not political office bearers. According to the Democratic Alliance, they think cadre deployment should cease at deploying people uh, at municipal councillors, you know, political office bearers, whether you are a councillor, whether you are an MMC, or whether you are a... Uh, uh, you know, member of the leg provincial legislature, the MPL, or national parliament, or even the executive authority. According to the Democratic Alliance, it should end there. Sure. But I'm saying to the DA, where is that prescribed that it should end there? Mm. Understand? But if they are saying in any party, and they shouldn't say the ANC, in any political party, mm. including themselves, the DA, if they are governing a metro or a municipality or a province like they are doing in the Western Cape, and there's a there's a post of an HOD of government or a DG or, or even a CEO of an entity of government from local up to national, uh, uh, the, the, the ruling political party or governing in that metro or province must follow normal human resource processes. So the best person for the job. The best person should get the job. Now, if party A, the ANC in this instance, knows that there's a CEO post at Trasa, as an example, and this ANC decides in their caucus or meetings to say, we will take a, a, a Tato Sikwani to be our CEO candidate. I'm saying there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Uh, the Patrick Alliance can do it. The PAC can do it. EFF can do it. Let those people apply for the post procedurally, mm. contest for the post. If they meet the requirements and the panel itself has come to a conclusion that this is the best candidate we have, I don't see anything wrong with that. But the DA's fear in this instance is that because the panelists 
consists mainly of political office bearers. So if you have a panel to appoint a CEO of an entity of, uh, say, Department of Human Settlements, obviously the ruling party will have more panel members there, or chances are the panelists will come from the ruling party, even if they are not political office bearers. You'll find that the HR executive, the, the, you know, the COO and the chairperson of the board, because in appointing executives in government, board members preside over those processes as well, or they become sure. members of panel. Now, you know, I've been, I've been in government for, for years to know that you'll find that the chairperson of the board of any entity is a employee of the ANC, they're interviewing the CEOs from the ANC, the HR executives from the ruling party. And then you find few administrators who are normal general administrators. So on that point, I think the GA has something to worry about. There's an element to be concerned about. But hey, bro, this is politics. If you don't contest and you win the numbers, you can't come and try to court because you lack numbers to can influence the situation. And, and I think... They are, they are caught up in, 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 a, in, a, in a web here. You know, uh, I, I, without diverting and going back to party funding, I don't know. I suspect the DA, the next thing the DA will come, will go to court very soon regarding an audio of President Ramaphosa, this is, which is on TikTok. I didn't want to talk about it, but now I can talk about it because I saw it on TikTok. So yes. uh, nobody will send the ox to me to say, hey, tell, tell us about the audio. Where, where did you get fresh? That's, I mean, that's bad, eh? Mm. Uh, uh, putting a disclaimer on it, it's on TikTok. Anybody can go in front. It's an audio of the president. Oh, uh, what is the way you, you, you nice alleged, allegedly, and probably the voice of the president of the republic addressing an ANC NEC meeting mm. or working group meeting sure. regarding how the ANC stole, misused, and abused public monies. Uh, 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 towards the previous elections that brought President Ramaphosa into power. So he is actually there talking about how he's prepared to take the, you know, the bullet to protect the organization and, and let the people focus in his way, let the people focus on CR-17, we will seal them, we will fight that battle, I will buy the bullet instead of the party suffering, mm -hmm. instead of the public knowing that we, the ANC, use government money to can fund uh, our, our, our election machinery. No. You know, that was the voice of the president talking there and addressing the NCB. And, and somebody leaked it. You, you know, in terms of technology, you must never think the, the secrets and people can leak things. And let me tell you, whoever leaked that voice note, that recording, it's somebody from the ANC. Absolutely. And it's somebody from high-ranking ANC, but either the top six or the NEC, mm. and who is now, in inverted commas, you know, a hard for a piece of retired with Ramaphosa administration. Why would somebody leak such damning information? Mm. And, 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 and really, now imagine how much more. So the president concedes that there's something wrong with the CR-17 files. He concedes that they exist. The courts were used or abused by the presidency and the ANC to conceal those records. Mm. Because this audio says to us also they were doing even the worst. And the worst is they were using state resources to fund their campaign. You know, that is treasonous. That's a very serious treasonous challenge. But let me tell you what President Ramaphosa and the ANC are going to say. Mm. I'm not a voice expert as Bozak. Nobody can come and say that's my voice. It may be doctored. So, first of all, 
the DA or whoever, and I expect the DA to, will have to ask for the records of that meeting because it's an allegation. And they will have to get an expert who can say this voice that is on TikTok recording is the voice that is on that. Ah, that's going to take three or four more years to do this thing. But, but from a layman's point of view, from the voice that I know of the President of the Republic, it wasn't that the Ramaphosa took in there. And it's a layman's comment. You know, I am not a voice expert, but one should look politically. Why would a member of the ANC release such information? There's been a lot that has been leaking. Mm. There's, there's one that was leaked of uh, uh, the gentleman who was supposed to be Minister of Finance under JSET. Not in Sebenzi. Uh, the, the former minister of finance who was who was who was who was promised to uh, think oh yes, yes there's one audio that was leaked talking about how the ANC is no longer the same how even in meetings and he was talking to members in a in a group in a whatsapp group of senior ANC leaders not the official meeting mm. so these people are actually hating each other and 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 lot of things are going to start coming out on the shenanigans and illegal activities that the ANC has been involved with in abusing state resources. We are going to see more cases after these coming elections mm. of comrades, you know, exposing each other shenanigans and corruption activity. We are going to see more of that. If if somebody can leak the recording of the president, of the president. Mm. You know, you ask, where's intelligence and all of the president? That means we're all fair game. We, we, but, uh, yeah, there's still more coming. Mean, our people must just buckle up after these elections. Sure. And mark my weight. It, it's a very it's a very sad state. Should the ANC lose these elections, they're going to lose a lot of seats and a lot of cadres will not be deployed. But many are arguing that the way some opposition are scoring on goals, the ANC will get at least 50%. Look, this thing it, it, it's like a it's like a seesaw, you know. Mm. One week it's this story. Like I said, where the opposition failed recently was the opposition failing to capitalize on the birth of MK weakening the ANC. They were supposed to come with manifestos and a vibe that will, you know, and also some level of unity amongst the opposition. Exactly. You understand? Some level of unity amongst the opposition. They've tried. They've had the the Moonpack engagement. They've had the Africanist city, but there's no concrete outcomes where they sit together. And I, I still, where I'm sitting, I still believe the ANC will not get 50%. And look, this is my speculation, this is my estimate. But the opposition is not doing well. They are not taking advantage of low-hanging fruits sure. and of failures as well as faults of the ANC. They are not doing that. They, I don't know whether they are comfortable or just being the opposition. They don't have a vision to can rise beyond being an opposition. Uh, but they are not taking advantage of that. There are so many things that the ANC has done and that are coming out now. Mm. Uh, uh, for example, in the last three weeks, if of a month, let me put it that way, if you look at the, 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 the utterances or the comments of Ntate Isma Khashule, of Ntate Jacob Zuma, regarding a, a fair, fair or not fair manipulation of the IECN elections, if I was a member of, of parliament or I was an opposition, I would have taken advantage of that and questioned what happened and taken the matter to court. Maybe they do not have money like the Democratic Alliance to can always run to court and take these matters to court. Because once this, these matters are in court, mm. you know, they can subpoena those people to come and support their utterances. The ANC, on the other hand, is doing something good. Whenever there are allegations against their members, especially senior members like the UIF, 
and the Department of Labor allegations by their former member now who this week joined the UDM. Uh, 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 they will run to court, they will run to police station, they will intercept those people to stop talking further. Mm. That's why the ANC do that. They don't deny, they are very smart not to deny uh, in case the truth comes out. But they are sure. very quick to can run and intercept. So say, you can't make such allegations against us anymore without providing material evidence on the table and they buy court's time. But yeah, you are right, Fresh. Political parties and opposition specifically, they are not taking, even the DA, which is good with papers and what, they are not taking advantage Absolutely. of serious things. They are, they, are, they, are, they are somewhere they do right. Like I understood and I explained last week why the DA uh, is going with this cadre uh, deployment policy. I said it very clear. They are not questioning the cadres. Sure. They want to expose the rot inside the ANC. Mm. How? Uh, Tim Swallow was favored as opposed to uh, Petrini, yeah, understand, or to Taban. They want to expose that. They also want to expose the, the, the sitting president of the country to say all this rot happened when he was you were there. him. You were there. Yes, you were there. And he has the chair president of the deployment committee. And, and some of those alleged looters were appointed when you were responsible for care deployment. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we look at the, the most recent one mm. that the president appointed somebody who lied about his PhD. And how many of those cases that the president was directly involved in? We were in a situation where Mekusela uh, Diko was sitting right in the presidency and there were allegations of. Uh, 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 corruption, which you know was never proven true, between a husband and a self or a late husband, and things like that. And the president still went ahead and and appointed her. So, so the DA just wants the game is on. Mr. Ramaphosa, mm. a check is no longer only from the the inside of the ANC, which is fractured and you know fragmented. It also comes from the opposition. Let's move to the state of the province addresses that happened, especially in the Western Cape, happened in Gauteng. Uh, one thing that stood out for me was Premier Lesufi uh, telling us that um, tolls will start being switched off by the end of March. But a part of me was like, but you told us that a year ago, that the process is starting. It's a year later, and now you're seeing the process is starting. I, I, is, I, is this an election donkey that is being flogged? It is election, yeah. And, and, and secondly, do you think people still care whether you're going to cancel ETOs or not? Because they're not paying anyway. You know, uh, uh, for the first time as a transport official, I can tell uh, my, my, my previous minister, when ETOs were brought in, yeah. Medipur Peters had given us an informal but clear directive Every transport official from the department and entities, mm. you must pay your e-tolls. But I'm a rebel and I'm a revolutionary. I'm like, this is my private car. You are not subsidizing. So, some guys are not going to pay e-tolls. Certainly for those who have paid, the money has gone into the drain. Mm. In his maiden state of the province address, which was last year, remember he came into power not through the, uh, the ballot. He, he, he came into power because the ANC was avoiding the two centers of power. So he became the premier of Gauteng only last year. Sure. So that was his maiden speech. He premised all those things as well as the, the eaters. Oh, one good thing that has come out of this is that it was announced officially that eaters have been you know, stopped. Mm. The countries are still there. Why didn't they switch them off? Maybe they're using those cameras for security purposes and whatever. 
But for him to announce it now, it's relevant. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I think it's an election slogan. It's very relevant. The, the second part uh, regarding Dadeli Sufi, that, that, that really uh, uh, caught me by surprise, is announcing that uh, all townships in Gaudet will be fitted with free Wi-Fi. Uh, 2024 and beyond. Now, this gentleman is only in power for the next few months. After the elections, this is his second uh, supper, and he may not come back into that position whether he will be promoted in the ANC or whether the ANC will lose Gauti, mm. uh, uh, which is very much likely. And if they win or they go into coalition, he may not be the premier. So to promise youth and people of townships who are in majority in Gauti and that they will have free Wi-Fi after elections. Mm. It's a very good promise for a politician. You, 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 you give people seats and after elections, you will be gone. The Wi-Fi will not be there. They would have voted for you. I, I don't think it's practically possible I come from a township, I go home, you know, al almost every other week. The infrastructure is not there. Sure. Understand? And I have a problem with the infrastructure. And and him making pronouncements on other matters of national interest while it's a provincial government. And and, and, and that's my challenge. But uh, it's a wait and see situation. I, I think it was a lukewarm uh, mm. uh, sopa, just like the national one. Sure. And the Northwest and the Western Cape. The Western Cape instead of addressing the issues of the Western Cape as a province, they keep on focusing, which is the Democratic Alliance in this instance, they keep on focusing on what the DA has done in the municipality. And I think that's where uh, 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 Vincent, or I, I don't know his, his name very well, I don't know how to mispronounce it, the premier of the, the, the Western Cape is failing. The mm. Cape Town, guys, is not the Western Cape. Cape Town is, is the city, is the capital of the Western Cape. Mm. And by the way, when they start saying, look at Cape Town, Cape Town looks beautiful and it's clean administration. There's not clean administration there. Part of Cape Town is those surrounding townships inside Cape Town. When you fly, I always tell people, mm. Cape Town is like Rio de Janeiro in, the, in Brazil. One side of Cape Town divided its Mikuku and squatter camps and sharks and dirty water and sewages. Another side is suburbs. You know, fresh, I said to people the other day, and I think I've said it on this show. The way there's apartheid in Cape Town and discrimination, mm. maybe not the racial apartheid, sure, sure. but the wealth apartheid in mm. this instance. Honestly, mm. not go check it. When you fly there, even sometimes when it rains, the rain rains on this side of the highway and it's green. And then when it storms, that damages houses. There's times go to where squatters are and then sure. there's floods. This side is nice rains, this side it's floods. Even Mother Nature is not talking to us as Africans in, in Cape Town. And the DA should stop talking about Cape Town as if it's the Western Cape. Sure. The Western Cape includes all those, you know, and even Cape Town includes the Google tools, the Kylie Charles, the, the landers of, of, of the Western Cape. And if the DA says the Western Cape is the well-governed province, they should be telling me about all those squatter camps in Google and Kyalicha. Mm. The only good thing that I see in those squatter camps when I go to Cape Town is that there's more DSTV dishes in those shacks than public toilets to be used by people living in those shacks. That's the only thing that I see. There's more. You see more dishes there, and you wonder what are poor people getting money for to can pay multi choice for all this money. But but the Northwest was the other province that came with a very lukewarm statement. They were talking about budget allocation to can fix potholes fresh, which you know, uh, 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 what do you call them? MECs still talk about fixing potholes. You don't fix potholes 
you build proper roads. Exactly. Why do you have a budget to fix potholes? Build mm-hmm. proper roads. Where is the thinking of our people? You fix a pothole between now and elections, and then when there's rains in October, November 2024, those potholes yes. are wide open again. Exactly. And, and again, one of the mistakes that political parties do, and politicians or political office bearers, they talk about what they have achieved. They talk about how they spend their money and they save their money in government when you have been allocated a budget. Not spending that budget, is, it, it, is, it is a bad thing. It's a wrong thing because you didn't do your job. Absolutely. You kept money that could have been used elsewhere else. No, to come and say, hey, we failed on this, but we took money back to Treasury. You are actually incompetent by taking money to Treasury. You didn't plan properly. And, 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 and if these people can also learn, I'm telling you, if I was a campaigner, I will not talk about how I've achieved other things because if if I achieve, the public will talk. They will see. I will actually address the nation in a state of the province address about where I did not achieve and what corrective measures do I have at hand. You understand? That's what the people want to know. Uh, we don't tell us that you, you have sold ten chickens. Tell us that the twenty chickens that you didn't sell. What are you going to do with them? And those are the things that we want to hear from provinces. We we don't want to hear what we see every day that there's ARV rollouts when people are behaving these days. You can't boast with common things. The same as the State of the Nation address, the ANC, I don't know if they will win on this game. It is a very bad thing, and let me say to, to, to the public and politicians, let me tell you, to increase the number of social grant dependents, hmm. it's a bad thing, guys. Sure. It's, a, it's a horrible thing to say we used to have 30 million people who are, or 20 million people who are dependent on social grants, whether it's third age, children, orphans, grants, now there are 30 million. It shows a bad administration. It shows the economy is doing bad. And you, you can't boast that you are, you, are, you are keeping people in poverty and squalor and dependent on you. Mm-hmm. We should boast as a nation to say we have so many graduates who are employed. And as I said, we have so many the infrastructure of roads that are fixed. We have so many hospitals or universities or tertiary institutions that we built in the last uh, five years. That's what we should be talking about. Not to say we have increased the number of people who are dependent on social grants. It, it's actually a horrible. We're supposed to reduce that number. If the government is performing well, the number of people that are dependent on the state on social grants should be reduced, not increased. Absolutely. Do you want to move to Brazil and Israel? My third home. You know, Brazil is my third home. <laughs> I know you lived in Brazil for a while. In fact, uh, in, you've got a son in Brazil. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's now in, he's now in he's, he's a soccer player. He's now in Malaysia. He's in Spain. Ah, I was close to you. For the last two months. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, uh, uh, Brazil, the member of BRICS left that death. Sure. We know that uh, President Lula da Silva came back into politics after being jailed by the president. You know, Luna da Silva and Jacob Zuma, they are not only friends. They have also gone through the same fate, mm. where he tried to contest for elections and he was fired three times before. On the third time, he won. He got into power when he uh, was suddenly... He didn't. He was not defeated. His party still won. Yes. And his successor replaced uh, him. But he was jailed. Mm. And then after being jailed for a couple of months, he was released, you know, as a free man, and he contested the elections and he won them. And I think Zuma is trying to copy the Lula, but Lula is younger and different. Now, President Lula da Silva and the government of Brazil 
have without reservation fresh chopped the Israels out of Brazil with immediate effect. As in the embassies. The embassy, yes. The, 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 the ambassador. Yeah. They called their ambassador from Tel Aviv in Israel with immediate effect. And they are actually talking of severing the ties with, with Brazil because they he went to an extent of even saying something that shook the world. Uh, that what Hitler did to the Jews uh, during the Holocaust is no different from what Israel is doing to the Palestinians. That was President Lula da Silva through schools. I was quoting him. Sure. And that shook the world to an extent that other countries who are friends of Israel, like the U.S., they are again doing what they are doing to South Africa. They are really looking and revisiting their relationship with Israel. Mm. And they are also using the neighbors. You know that Argentina, the neighbor of Brazil, is going on elections this year. Mm. And it's being led, and the contestant, the main contestant is a, is a, a right-winger. So they are macro-Israel. So if you are going to try and set up Brazil and Argentina against each other, which are the powerhouse in Latin America, mm. you have a very serious challenge there. But yeah. Yeah, Israel is the is the second, if not the third, Greeks. When I count Russia as well, come to uh, can come out and and I'm talking about Greeks only, not Greeks plus so far. You know the first so, member so. states. She can come up and and severe ties with Israel. South Africa did it. We know that Russia obviously they, they they've long done that. Now it's Brazil. We're left with China and India in this instance, plus the other members who have come up and supported South Africa in the past week. By the way, we're back at the. International Court of Justice. There's my next question. Why are we back at the ICJ? What's going on? Uh, remember last week we spoke about South Africa going there to say Israel is not adhering to the, the ceasefire agreement and okay. uh, on us. And, and, and by the way, the week that we are entering is the last week of, of Israel to comply and to come with a report. They haven't. But South Africa has gone back there with other countries supported, you know, countries like uh, Saudi Arabia, for example, and Iran to go to the ICJ to say, we can't wait for these 30 days now. We want implementation. We want enforcement. We need, we need action and enforcement. We need action. Yes, that's why we are back at the, at the, at the, at the ICJ. And, and, you know, I followed the story very well. Our ambassador to the, to the Hague, uh, Den Haag, the, the capital of the Netherlands, mm-hmm. uh, and that they, uh, is doing very well. Eh? Uh, mm-hmm. They are doing very well. I, I think that's why we are going to be spending a lot of time at the ICJ. All the interesting part, our new candidate, our new uh, uh, judge panelist of the ICJ mm. is on the panel or was on the panel this week. Oh. Uh, yes, remember he, 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 he has now resumed his duty. Mm. So he, he was sitting there uh, listening to this matter. But uh, that's the only reason we're at the ICJ. So there's no pressure. Last week you spoke about let's put pressure and talk more and more as a country. Brazil has heeded our talk and our mm. call and our noise. And they've decided to say enough is enough with Israel. So that's some of the challenges that, you know, we are faced with in the international fora and, and the wars going on in the world. But, for instance, there was a, another proposal at the UN Security Council that there be a meeting ceasefire. And as always, America used a veto to say middle finger to what all of you think. The, 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 the UN Security Council is a waste of time. And I've said it several times before. The, the same people that are aiding Israel... To can commit genocide and other 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 countries that are at war is the same people you go to and say, "Can I please beg you that there must be immediate ceasefire?" Why are they the one who are arming and funding the war? So I think they are wasting time. But that's one of the elements why South Africa is the is the ICJ to say to the ICJ they must force the UN Security Council 
to can implement the convention and to start looking at you know invoking the what do you call the, the genocide uh, 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 convention in a sense. So so I I don't think these politics are going to help. Americans focus on their domestic politics. The sad part with the U.S. now is that the Democrats, the Obamas, the Clintons of this world that were seen as peacemakers are in the forefront of no ceasefire in the Middle East. Mm. You understand? And, and the person who was, was portrayed as a racist American who doesn't like Africa because he called it a shithole, mm. uh, uh, who's this guy with Trump? Uh, uh, Trump. Mm. He is actually against this war. Yeah. As much as the party, the Republicans he's representing, they are talking almost the same. They're like typical Americans. Sure. They're united now on this whole thing. But Donald Trump, in the history of the United States, and we must say it, no, whether people like it or not, or whether they like him or not, I, I like him because, for me, he's an honest politician. He told us we are a shithole, we are useless, and all those things. I prefer Donald Trump to Barack Obama because Donald Trump is the only president of the United States of America that during his term, he never fought any country or attacked any country. Mm. And, and and that's the truth. That is the he actually withdrew. In fact, he started wrapping up some of the wars that he that's found arranging yeah. 20, 30, 40 years. Absolutely. And mm. Trump uh, is doing very well now. Mm. Every week he's winning a chande, a chande. The courts are hitting him with billions and billions of rents and fines. But look, the Americans they are fighting their own battles domestically. That is influencing wars in Africa. Trump has money to can to can battle with that. Mm. Uh, but but if people are expecting America to become sensible, humanitarian, and reasonable regarding the genocide that is happening in Gaza, I think we are wasting our time. I think South Africa must stick to the ICJ, and if possible, go to the ICC. Mm. Understand? Go to the ICC. Use all that you have in your powers. Sure. To can to can push uh, 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 the, the Israelis to can stop the genocide. Speaking of war, let's quickly go to the DRC. Uh, M23 rebels obviously pushing up against pushing back against the the DRC government. Yes, yes. Uh, there's allegations that Rwanda, Kagame um, are backing these rebels with sophisticated um, artillery and hardware. Obviously, Rwanda is saying we don't know what you're talking about. Yep. Um, what on earth is happening? Look, fresh. This has been happening all along, and and you know uh, that's personal to me. It's mm -hmm. it's it's very sad for me. I was the first South African diplomat to Rwanda, mm -hmm. and and this thing happened when I was there. But let me tell you, at that time, the Interahamwe rebels, the M23 rebels, and so forth, man, they were contained. There was even a curfew. I could drive from Kigali into Goma, the DRC, within the curfew, and and the skirmishes and the the fights and the displacement of people stopped. Our diplomatic relations with Rwanda, as a South Africa, it collapsed years back. And, and, and that is also because of a result of people that were seen as Rwanda, you know, running to South Africa and, and conducting their operations and anti-Kagame regime from South Africa. And the story is Kagame regime went into them, into South Africa, and South Africa was not happy with that. Sure. So it, they severe diplomatic relations. And I, it's sad for me, I opened and I established that embassy and the relation between South Africa and Rwanda. I, I wish... President Ramaphosa, his successor, they can send me to go and talk to Paul Kagame. I may be an aide to the region. But these allegations of uh, Rwanda and, and, and uh, uh, President Kagame, you know, funding and aiding sure. those uh, rebels, 
within the DRC. It's also countered by Rwanda. By the way, Rwanda approached the United Nations as well mm. to say, no, 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 but it's not us. We are keeping our forces on the front line, on the border line. The, the opposition, there are, you see, again, it's a racial, not a racial, it's a, what do you call it, a, a, a tribal. tribal. It's a tribal thing between the Wutu and the Tutsis. Mm. And because there are, there are Tutsis in the DRC who the DRC government see them as rebels against, and they see them as supported by Kagame, who comes from the Tutsis. Then there are Hutus inside the DRC and Burundi, who Rwanda is seeing them as being funded by these two governments, the current administration in Burundi and, and the administration in Rwanda is seeing them as, 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 as rebels that are being funded by these two, to can come and cause instability in Rwanda. I do not know why uh, Sadak or at least the AU, the toothless, useless AU. This old man will not respect me because I always call them useless. They are focusing on taking flights to go and stop the war in Russia between Ukraine and Russia. Do you remember that? Why well, there's a war? Let's in South Sudan, yeah. in Mozambique, mm. and in the GRC. Mm. And this whole thing ended up costing us in South Africa. You know, to have our 300 military personnel mm. in, in the GRC, we have lost two lives already, one seriously injured. And we are spending two billion rands to go and stop a war that has been going on for over 30 years and to try and save life. It's a humanitarian aid, I do understand, mm. like we did in South Sudan, like we did in the Central African Republic, like we are doing in Mozambique. But it costs in South Africa more than any other because the current deployment in the DRC, uh, and, it, and by the way, it's not the entire DRC, it's the, 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 the eastern part of the DRC where it's bordering Rwanda. The current deployment is costing South Africa more than any other country, and it's the deployment of the SADAC. Mm. It's not the AU. Now you ask yourself, where's the AU? Where is the continental body mm. that was quick to go to the coup belt and, and, and ECOWAS and threaten Mali and Burkina Faso and Niger mm. uh, uh, when, when the actual war for the minerals of the DRC is killing and displacing over 2 million people? Jeez. Over 2 million people. And, and our media is also quiet about what is happening in the DRC. We spend 2 billion as a nation. We send 300 live personnel there. In a week's time, there's two dead bodies. And, and our media is reporting very small about it, but we report big on Palestine and Israel. We report big on, 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 on uh, what do you call it, on Asia and Ukraine. Mm. While we're involved in at least two wars, we're involved in, in Mozambique, the north of Mozambique. We're involved in the DRC directly. Mm. I don't say South Africa should not exercise its foreign policy and not aid. But if it's a burden for us as a nation, it's costing us lives and money. Why should we get involved? And, and I don't think diplomatic channels have been exhausted fresh. I don't think the issue, in, I don't think they've done much. Sadly, like I said, we have severe diplomatic relations between us and Rwanda. But I know personally that President Mbeki and President Kagame, they've got very good, warm, cordial relations. Mm. Why is South Africa or the EU not using President Mbeki to, to involve his friend there like they've used him elsewhere else? And he has done a great job. We have seen President Zuma doing a great job during the Burundi you know, uh, ceasefire peace negotiations. Yes. We have seen President Mbeki doing it in, in South Sudan. Why, why are we not using political and diplomatic engagements to go and, and, and engage just security and, and Kagame. I don't think President Kagame is hostile. I've served under him 
And and I know his cordial relationship with President Mbeki. And President Mbeki is playing that role in the continent at the moment. Why wouldn't we, we try those options? Why is nobody uh, uh, going to Kagame from Africa and yes. sitting down with him and, and don't say stop the war, don't allege, because once you come to me naturally and you accuse me of something that is an allegation that you don't affect a lot, the first form of reaction is I will defend myself. But to say to Mr. Kagame, Mr. President, what can you help us with? What can you do? And hear him out, because I can tell you the situation in Rwanda and the DRC is the same, exactly the same situation uh, between Russia and the, and the Ukraine. And I can tell you, fresh, I was there, I was stationed there, I know what exactly is happening there. It is, it is the battle for the borderline, it is the battle for the minerals, mm-hmm. it is the battle against rebels that comes from both sides, and it is also... A, a an ethnic you know a bedroom and and it needs engagements for me refusing to talk to to Paul Kagame is not helping the region sure. it's not helping the Great Lakes and there was peace between Burundi uh, uh, Bujumbura and Kigali you know at some stage mm. you know why because the government in Bujumbura at that time mm. it was somebody who had cordial relationship with Kagame now oh. it's a different person so you see when you exploit the harmonious and cordial relationship of people. It works for peace sake. Mm. And now since the, the government in Bujumbura changed, the capital of Burundi, it changed, this war started. Now you, uh, Burundi is involved, you know, in, in this whole uh, battle. But again, we know who's behind this. It's the French, it's the Americans, it's the Brits, and then the worst colonizers on Earth, Belgium, yes. because they are all over that region and milking the minerals of the richest country on earth with mineral resources, the Democratic Republic of the Congo. How are Belgium even still allowed to operate there? And they're a tiny little thing. Because they, 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 they have set their footprint. Remember how Belgium came in? They came in as peacemakers, as we are never the colonizers. they were never even colonizers there. So when the colonizers have done it, they are like the Portuguese. Mm. You know, the, the, the Portuguese colonized five countries in the world. Mm. So the Belgians, they came for scraps, they came for trumps, but then they asserted themselves mm. and they, they started building relations with, with insurgents and developed politicians that they, they, they implemented. The, the, I think the Belgians to be in the Great Lakes is to the benefit. While people are focusing on the Belgians changing governments and deploying their own people, the Americans and the French and the others, they are focusing on extracting minerals. Mm. So the Belgians are in front for these other countries. That's the only reason they are there. They have no other reason for the Belgians to be in the Great Lakes. And, and they, they became post-colonizers. Mm. They were not, uh, you know, in colonizers. We know that, obviously, in Zaire, the Congo today, uh, the Belgians were in the forefront sure. of, of, of killing uh, uh, the founder, a uh, president. But we know that it's the Americans that actually killed uh, uh, the founder president of, of, of Zaire, and they put Mabut Sasaseko there. So Belgians are a tool used by the imperialists in the West to can clean up the way for them to can conduct their atrocities and exploitation of minerals. But yeah, I, I suggest uh, from a political point of view that one South Africa should repair its relations with, with instead of sending soldiers just show, repair its relations with Kigali. Let uh, Pretoria and Kigali talk. Let's reestablish the diplomatic relations and, and, and let's engage President Paul Kagame 
uh, 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 look, I, I don't care what people say about uh, uh, Paul Kagame, whether he's a British or Canadian or American puppet. He's still an African man. He loves his country. He loves his people. He has managed to stabilize that country internally after almost a million people were killed in a period of 94 days. So, so you want to tell me that a man who has led that country to that point does not care. I, I've got a different view. I, I, this is where the diplomat in me comes out to say, let us engage Kigali. Sure. I think on that note, yes, brother, we can call it a day. Well, thank you very much. Challenging is going to be a bumpy year ahead of us. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Thanks. Another good episode. A quick reminder to young people, until uh, the voters' roll is closed, please register to vote. Please vote. Okay. This election could be the election of your life. Uh, exactly. Oh, you said it better fresh. So literally that. So please don't sleep on your vote. And at least if you're going to decide later that you're not going to vote, be on the voters' roll. Make a call such that at least your name is on the roll. On the day of the election, if you decide that, okay, I'm not voting, it's between you and your God there. Like me, as Khutman, sure. I've put my name on the vote. I haven't decided who I'm voting, Sure, but my name is there. Exactly. And, and on the last minute, when I look at that ballot paper, I will say, but fresh party is nonsense. I will go with Kuvesh party. But Absolutely. be on the vote. The most important thing, be there. Let your name be there. Where do we find your social media? Uh, Butanm at gmail.com. On X and on uh, Instagram, it's at Bozan M, and you can reach me for what? The book, the clothes, uh, 082-485-9100. And fresh, thank you very much for this episode. Thanks to the viewers and followers. These days, I give time to kind of respond to most of the comments. I see you. Yeah, even if they call us hot moms and something, we hate others, but it's okay. That's part of the game. And you can find him on social media, as said. Otherwise, he's back again next week for another edition of Hashtag Politrix with Busan Wheeler. We've been coming to you from Ant Studios, downtown Johannesburg, part of the Africa Podcast Network. Shout out to our cinematographers, Pezulu Works, Trevor, and his team. All of our imaging by Otis the Floor Fraser. And our guest, of course, Botsang Mudimuame Mwilwa. Creative producer, Kuvesh Mohan, shout out. And show producer, Kileso Mudisa King. Email us at waw at africapodcastnetwork.com. Till next week, have a great week in spite of yourselves.